What the heck is up, everybody? <laughs> Yo, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm super glad, though. I'm super happy. I'm super grateful that you picked up your phone and you decided to listen to this. I think that's super cool. So thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. My guest on the show today is Austin. Uh, he's one of my best friends. We studied abroad together in Costa Rica, and I make fun of him a lot throughout this episode. But even though I make fun of him and sometimes we just talk about silly stuff, he's he's one of the best dudes I know, and he's one of the friends who I have that I know I can't be a bag of crap around. Like if I'm doing some shady stuff, I know not to tell Austin because he's going to encourage me to be better. And sometimes you don't want to be better, uh, but you need those friends. And Austin is one of those friends for me. Because he, uh, he, make, he helps me be better. Uh, so he's a great guy. I hope you like the episode. Here we go. So you, want, you guys want to know something funny about John Theo. You know um, I held the door for him once in Costa Rica, and he got <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> because in New York you don't hold the door for people <laughs> what the you heck is do, that you do hold the door for people but there's certain degrees to it and I got mad at you because <laughs> I was way too far away from the door for you to be holding it open for me like I was so far away from the door that in order to get to that door in time for it not to be rude I would have had to start doing a light jog. You know the light jog where you don't move your legs any faster, but you just kind of move your upper body to make it look like you're jogging? I would have had to do that to get to that door in time. So it was not an imposition on you. And that's rude on your part because (laughs) you're making me pretend to jog to not make you feel bad. And that's not okay. And that... I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't finished with my rant. And so, but, and so, I hold the door open for people all the time, and so do a lot of other people from New York. The majority of people hold the door open for other people in New York. But if I'm more than, the, my rule is if the door will close by the time that the person I'm holding it open for will get to me, then I'm not holding the door. Like, if I stopped holding the door and the door would shut before that person got to the door, that means I'm not holding the door. But if the person, if I stopped holding the door and the person got to the door and if the door was still open and it was still shutting in the process of shutting, that's when you hold the door open for somebody. Guy, girl, child, old person, whatever it is. I show no partiality when holding the door. And I stand corrected. How? <laughs> My door holding is just... It's immoral, I guess. <laughs> and you know what else other rule I have for holding the door? What? When you hold the door for somebody, you go inside the building and hold the door for them while inside the building like you don't stand in the doorway like you go into the building first and hold the door open for them and you don't stand in the doorway because if you stand in the doorway then that makes the doorway a lot smaller and then that person that you're holding the door open for and you're just standing in the doorway they have to then choose to either put their butt or their crotch in your crotch. Who as, does this? I've never as, seen this happen. As they sidestep across you while you're standing in the doorway. You know when somebody holds the door open and they're still kind of standing outside, but they're just holding the door open with like their left hand and they're well, not inside the that? building? People do that. And Maybe in then, New York? Nobody does. No, people don't do that in New York. Creeper people do that in New York so they can get a, a freaking crotch rub by somebody. <laughs> butthole and so that's also bothers me when people do that 
Like I've told multiple times if when somebody has been doing that to me, I've said, go inside. I've got it. I said, if they're, if I've forced to either choose butter crotch, I tell them to go inside and stop holding the door. Okay. That's fair. I, I don't disagree. And also when strangers hold the door and I'm way too far away for them to be holding the door, I tell them to go. I say, don't hold the door. And then when they say, no, it's fine, I'll hold the door, do you know what I do? What? I slow down. <laughs> That's kind of just evil. <laughs> I say, okay, it's okay. I told you not to hold the door. I said it twice. I said, oh, no. At first I say, oh, no, 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 you go. You don't have to. And then they say, no, it's okay. And then I say, no, for real, don't hold the door. And then if they stay, I slow down. (laughs) Because at first I give the nice, oh, don't worry about it. Go ahead. And then they say, oh, no, don't worry about it. For real. And then if we're still having that conversation and I haven't gotten to the door yet, it's way too long. I really opened up a can of worms that I was not prepared to open. <laughs> I kind of regret making that comment. <laughs> That's my life, dude. Doors are legit for me. Like I, I sometimes get anxiety about it if I'm going into a crowded really? place. Really? And not being sarcastic anymore? Not being... This whole time I haven't been sarcastic. I... <laughs> Dude, serious. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm saying this like through a chuckle, but everything that I've said to you has been completely true. Wow. And yeah. but sometimes I'll like it bothers me. Like, I, like if I'm going, if I know, like when I used to go to school and I would be walking indoors a lot around a lot of other people. Like, especially oh my gosh, in Virginia, dude, where everybody's like so nice and everybody. They're the kings of making you brush past the crotch. They are those dudes, those Christian dudes at a Christian school oh, in no. Virginia. They are big on standing in that door while they hold it ajar. And then you got to pick butter crotch. And like, don't put that on me. Like, don't make me choose that. I, should, I don't want to go through my day and have to choose butter crotch. Next, right. somebody else's crotch. I don't want to choose it from a guy, and I don't want to choose it by a girl either. Because then, if a girl's holding the door open for me and she's making me choose butter crotch, that's not cool. Because if I choose crotch, then we're locking eyes as our crotches are brushing, and mm-hmm. I don't like that. But then, if I choose butt, that's kind of gay, and. That's not cool either. And so I don't want to have to make that choice between locking eyes as I rub crotches or being the little spoon because I'm a big spoon. I'm a big spoon type of guy. And in doorways, I'm not the little spoon, yo. All right? And so I don't want to have to make that choice. That's Yeah, I I understand. Don't make me make gay choices throughout my day, okay? Like, so, do it. so while I was half listening to you and your, your rant, I was thinking about something else, too. Oh, dude, keep this going, please. Like, I'm on fire. Like, I don't know why you're trying to get away from this. Do you what know what else something... bothers me? What bothers you? When people are scooching by, like, in, act, in an actually oh, tight yeah. place, not in a place that they make tight, like a doorway, when you can just go inside and, or just don't hold the door. Like, when you're in places that are actually tight, instead of saying, excuse me, people will just say, sorry. And that, that really irks me. When somebody's trying to scoot by and they say, sorry, 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 and it, it's like, what are you apologizing for? You're not doing anything wrong. Why are you making me feel bad? Like, why are you making me feel bad that I'm making you say sorry? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong, and neither are you. Why are you apologizing to me? (laughs) Just say excuse me, because that's such a normal thing to do. And, like, if you're 
in a movie theater and somebody's scooching by. And in a movie theater, you're forced <clears throat> to pick butter crotch, and that's okay. And I use right. I, I'm I still haven't decided what my go-to is. Like I'm still in the trying out phase. Like I still I try out butt sometimes and I try crotch sometimes. It really just depends. And I still haven't completely decided on yeah. what my go-to is for the the movie theater, giving people my butt or, or showing the crotch. I'm not sure. Right. Uh, you don't have to know if you're a butt guy or a crotch guy. Are you sure? No. I mean, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have to know. You can, you can try both. You can, you can switch. You can switch it in that. In it's that a spectrum. Respect. <laughs> so, are you done? Uh, uh, I've I talked about on my last podcast how mad I get when people are passive aggressive. So, so no. So yeah, I'm done for now. Oh, I that's might... the other thing that bugs you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, for sure. Under my skin. Let me let me just capitalize on that separate thing. (laughs) So I'm a teacher. Uh I teach uh, middle school science classes and religion classes Uh at a Catholic school. Uh And I think you know this, but this Uh is for other people to contextualize here. And I did not realize how passive aggressive parents were mm. it's crazy i've got some of the most hilarious like i laugh reading some of their emails sometimes really yeah like not so much now but at the beginning of the year when i was kind of the newbie mm-hmm. i kind of made peace with people who don't like me and which isn't very many but you get to know parents a little better uh-huh. but some of the first contacts especially for a first contact with someone yeah. Like you don't even know someone. Uh-huh. You they teach your child and you send them paragraphs of a passive aggressive email. It's it's wild. And it's not everybody, but just that any any parents paragraphs. Be, I got one that was paragraphs about all the things I was doing wrong in my class. Really? Yeah. And that must be really tough to hear. It was, it sucked at first, but I, I mean, it was my first time, my first time teaching. So like, yeah, it's, it's what a parent know. Well, well, that's hilarious thing too. Like work at Sears. What does she know about teaching? (laughs) Oh, it was the dad. Okay. Uh, But it's okay that you're sexist. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Frick, dude. That's bad. On my part, I'm just kidding. Sure. I'm just just, kidding. <laughs> no, but it is, though, because I just assumed it was a woman <laughs> being passive aggressive. Um, but anyways, no, he, the crazy thing, too, is that he, he, like, he, he took the time to make one of those paragraphs um, qualifying why he, or, like, clarifying why he is qualified to make these critiques. Really? With his with his education and his uh-huh. job and stuff, and it was just like, wow. What was his yeah. job? Um, he's like an educator of. He like educates the fire department or something. I don't know, but he's sound like he's pretty pretty sp- prestigious thing. But I'm just like, oh, I it made me wonder more than anything, like what. I don't want to be at that point uh-huh. ever to where, like, I really hope that someone stops me before I get that passive aggressive. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's you talk this. Let, I, me, let me go to something that's hilarious that's not supposed to be hilarious. Okay. But wait, I got to own up to... Okay. Uh, what I just did, like that, is actually bad. How I totally assumed that was a woman. Like that's not okay on my part. And so I'm gonna apologize because that's not okay that I did that. And I gotta work on some areas in my brain. Um, and so everybody listening to this, I'm sorry. That's a flaw of mine. And I I realized that that's not okay. And that's it. Just want to say that. 
good. I I forgive you. I think you need forgiveness from other people, but you get you get it. You get your forgiveness. <laughs> anyway, so how how long are we supposed to go on this thing? Well, how whenever we get bored, dude. All right. So I, this isn't going to be a boring thing. So remember in Costa Rica when our professor died? Oh my gosh! I've been wanting to talk about that on this podcast, but I never have. Yes, dude. No, that was the craziest thing ever. Remember when I hit, did I hit you up about it? And I was just like, yo, do you remember when our professor died like, like four months ago? Remember I messaged you about that? Yeah. Dude. I remember we talked about it. Because I completely forgot about it. Right. Until then. Like, it was just something I literally haven't told anybody. Like, this right now is the first time that I'm yeah. ever taught anybody's ever going to hear about it. Because still, I never told anybody about it because I just completely forgot. Craziest thing. So we were, we were on one of our weekend trips. Uh-huh. Just phenomenal, great trips. And there's eight of us who's in, who are in this Christian missions class, part of this, like, sub-program. Uh, we're telling the story for listeners, right, John? Uh, you're just talking to me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell the story though, because I think okay. it's awesome. Okay. So we're coming back, and we just get an email that our professor died. Like, do you remember? There's no, yes. there's no like other information about how or when or what's gonna happen. They're just like, yeah, we just thought we needed to tell you your professor died. Do you remember how and where we got the email to? On the bus. On the bus, but we luckily got it like at we when we were at a rest stop and Gabby was able to get Wi-Fi. Yeah, I didn't remember that part because otherwise we wouldn't have known and we would have just known like, until we got back. Yeah, just like raw. It was crazy. Yeah, I got nothing else for it. That's it. Dude, there's so much gold in that story. Yeah, okay, so the other gold is <laughs> we had not started our research papers. That were <laughs> there it is. There it is. Worth, worth, worth like most of the points in the class. And then we just didn't have to do them. Right? We just like, if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. We turned well, no, what we, we had and we got an That We had to turn in what we had, which was nothing. And I, I really liked him. I thought he was a really good guy. I really enjoyed. I didn't. I don't. I don't want to say I really enjoyed his class, but I think he was a good guy, and I think we learned a lot from him. Oh, yeah. And didn't we go to his house once? <sighs> I don't remember. And didn't we meet his wife? I also don't remember that. That might have been a different mission mentor. Maybe. Uh, but I, I remember being sad. Like, not, yeah. to, not to say that we took his death lightly or that he was a dick or anything like that. Like, I think he was a really great guy and we learned a lot from him. And so I remember being at his funeral and, and being sad. And, and like, we, we liked him enough. Like, we knew him well enough to go to his funeral. Right. Uh, Such a weird, a weird like position because you've been spending like almost every day with this person for uh-huh. the past few months, but like you've not known them longer than a couple months. So it's no. like, what do we? Are we supposed to be here? Like we yeah, feel like we're supposed I, to be at the funeral, but like, yeah. who are we to these people? Like they don't know. Yeah. Like they don't know us, but we know him. Like he, it must have been, must have been weird for the other like people like who didn't know us to be like, well, how the heck did these people get here? Who are they? You know? Yeah. Uh, I interrupted right? but you were feeling sad at the funeral. Yeah. And that was, uh, I haven't been to many funerals. Like the thing that we went to, was that even considered a funeral or was that a, a wake? Oh, that was the wake. Yeah. That okay. was the wake. I've actually never been to a funeral. I've never been to where wow. a, a casket was being lowered into the ground. I've never, never been to that. Uh, and only a few people who I've known my whole life, I'm very lucky to have lived this long and have, have to only have known a few people who have died. Uh, 
And yeah, of course, all of the deaths are are sad, but uh, I haven't experienced death like others. Uh, But even though we were sad, dude, I felt so weird about it because we were sad, but we were really happy that we did (laughs) do the research paper. And like, just being honest, like not even to make yeah. jokes, like that's the truth. Like we that's, were upset. It, that's why I'm laughing because it's yeah. uncomfortable. Like we like, were sad about it. Like it was not okay. He was a great person. Like I wish he was still alive. Uh, and he did a lot of good for this world. And it's sad that he died. But we were relieved that we didn't have to do the research paper because it was a lot and it was really yeah. sucky work and it would have not been enjoyable and we were putting it off and putting it off and putting it off yeah we were way behind like so we were... behind yeah and then he died <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> our professor like three a third three quarters of the way into the semester died and then we just had no more class. And that was it. Class was over. Don't. No more class. Like, so one thing with this podcast that's noticeable is that you've gotten good at delivering things. Ha! That's cool. You delivered that way better than I delivered it. That's cool. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like that. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate that. But yeah, what else am I going to say about that? I know that. <laughs> what? Nothing. Uh, but thank you. I and I do, I do. I have noticed that with the from I think a combination of uh, teaching and planning lessons every day, right, yeah. and this podcast, it's really helping with my creativity. I'm noticing that I'm a lot more creative, um, and just things are. My imagination is sparking back up because with all the lessons that I plan, I'm. I'm forced to be creative and I have to start them from, I make them from the ground up. Um, and I don't really have any other influences. I teach whatever the heck I want to teach. And so I create everything. Um, and so it's really helping like exercise my creativity and then doing this, uh, really helps as well. And it's, it's, I'm noticing a lot about myself and I've been trying to talk better and, and, not say um and like as much i've noticed i've been doing that a, a little bit recently and i don't like it yeah uh but it's cool i like it it's a cool outlet for me because you know what it helps me the most in which i think is really cool is that like th- this is my this is an outlet for me to express myself and mm-hmm. so now when i go into social situations i don't need to be the center of attention and mm. My 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 whole life, I I never needed that. I never craved that. Really, I never dealt with that. Like like some people deal with it. Um, but of course, just like anybody else, people like the spotlight. People like to have the attention on them to some degree. People like it when those who they love are focusing on them. That's just natural for everybody. But what I've noticed with this now, I have my platform, and so. It's helped. It's helped me even more. So when I go into social situations, even more so, I don't feel the need to be the center of attention because I have a place to express my ideas. I have a place to get out the things that I want to say. Yeah. So now when I'm in a bar, I don't need to say the stupid stuff <laughs> that doesn't flow in that conversation. I don't need to bring up stuff that doesn't matter to people who I don't know because I do that here. <laughs> I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Did you have a an, any amount of anxiety both at the beginning of, of this or teaching especially with all the freedom that you had? Because for me, with like no no guideline or like, you know what I'm saying? I would have anxiety over how to go about planning something. Whereas like when I'm teaching, I've got a textbook that we uh, can pretty much follow 
and like I can do activities, suggested stuff. I can I can you know extrapolate from those and mm-hmm. do this and that. But there's like a set thing that I'm more or less trying to get done that has been given to me. That must be nice, dude. So you do you 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 do have some anxiety or some difficulty with? It's not been easy to grow this creativity. No, it has not been easy at all. Uh, but I'm grateful for it because it forces right. me to be creative. And so my class, none of my classes have a textbook. I'm the textbook. Um, and I... That's dangerous. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm writing the curriculum for this school. Oh. Yeah. So like to set the precedent for the next guy who comes? Yes. Wow. That's pretty. That's a really cool experience, though. Like you right? said, like it's hard, but yeah. definitely something to be grateful for. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking a lot of time into it. I'm doing a lot of research into it. I'm do, put doing a lot of reading. I brought all my Dang. textbooks that I had from university, all my language learning textbooks, um, and I'm basing the. It's not a curriculum because I have curriculum from the government um, where they have standards almost like a common core type thing that they have but they don't have any they don't have any topics they don't have any uh units or what's the word uh freaking uh thematic units they don't have anything like that they just have standards your basic standards and so i have to what i've created is from that curriculum i've created almost like a pacing guide um, and weekly units and uh, like a, a graph, I guess, of what yeah. you should be teaching week one, what you should be teaching week two, where you should be at week three, when you have tests, when are your review weeks. That's what I created. That's really cool. Grades, first grade through third grade. But that, I mean, that's that's the suffering thing that you, I mean, that's diff, a thing that's difficult. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not a huge suffering thing, but it, it contributes to your suffering being in Thailand, <laughs> I'm sure. But like, that's the way to, I mean, this this huge meaning and this huge mm-hmm. gratitude that you're getting. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's helping me a lot, and it's uh, it's I've been forced to to learn a lot through making it, which I'm grateful for. That's nice. But the, you know what that's going to suck? What? Nobody's going to use it. <laughs> you really think so? Yeah. Because just the way the culture is here, the government has their standards that the schools are supposed to meet, but after knowing Thai teachers and Thai culture, they don't, they don't meet them uh, ever really and or at least at this school it's it's everybody just kind of fends for themselves and just does whatever and so i really don't think anybody's going to use it unless another american comes right they'll use it but i don't think the the thai people are gonna look at it for the english classes if there's not an american to give it to which is is kind of annoying but i'm still glad that I'm doing it because it's taught me a lot and I'll be able to show it to future employers and it's something that I'm really proud of uh and so it's something that will help me in the future for sure yeah work gives us meaning for sure yeah so here's one more thing Uh kind of connecting a couple of things we were talking about what let me just do my little soapbox piece and then ask the question Uh so thinking about that funeral um, for our professor, and then just in general, I have a big quarrel with the way our our culture handles death. Uh-huh. I think we um, ignore it too much, and we hide it, put it under the rug, and for that reason, we we cause ourselves a lot more anxiety, even though we don't always realize it. That we don't, for instance, I like we're so detached. I think one of the ways that we do this is we're so detached from our um, our food systems. Hmm. Like you could go your whole life 
not seeing where the chicken nugget you eat comes from. Yeah. And not seeing the death that that is required to eat meat, for instance. That's just like one, I think, of the ways that we can understand death better and that it helps us to understand our own human deaths better, whatever. I mean, I, I could rant for that a lot. But my main question is, um, well, I guess, what do you see with how we handle death in our culture? But mainly, how, does, how, do, the Thai, how do Thai people handle death? What's uh, death like in Thai culture? It's different. Right. And it's different throughout Thailand, too. It's different in different places. The place where I'm at, it's really interesting. Cool question. The, the, the way Thai people look at death here in eastern Thailand is I never knew, like, you always see the almost, I didn't know what they were, but they have these funeral cell parties. Um, and they'll be at some restaurant or in front of somebody's house that will last multiple days and you'll drive past this restaurant or you'll drive past this house and it'll just have throughout the whole day for like a three days mm. they'll have people just meeting there and there's food and music and like it's not really a sad thing it's not mm. a uh a uh nobody's like people there's a sort of there's a reverence that's associated Mm -hmm. with it like people aren't partying and getting wasted or being crazy but people aren't sobbing it's an open environment people can come and go as they please it's not extremely serious uh and i asked somebody about it or actually no i was driving by with somebody and they said do you know what that is and I said, no, like, it's a funeral or it's a funeral. They said it was a funeral funeral. Um, like somebody in their family just died. And I was like, oh, wow. And the person told me, he was like, yeah, people in Ubon, we are, you know, so far that Thai people aren't serious. They're not a very serious people. They like to joke around. They like to have a lot of fun. And she was like, even in our funerals, they're not very serious. They're not very sad. They're not very uh uh like i don't want to say strict but i don't know very they're still kind of spirited mm-hmm. wow. which is a lot different yeah and it's a multi-day yeah ordeal multi- yeah uh-huh so what's it like in the other part of the country a little bit more serious a little bit more uh Closely related to what they'd be like in the states, I guess. You know, is there a religious difference between the two areas, or what's the what's the cause? You know, I don't think it's a religious difference. I think it's a cultural difference. Like the people in Ubon are very are very Eastern, are very there's the least amount of Western influence here in the East of mm-hmm. Thailand, and so. People are very, uh, there's, what's the word? I, I would say the people here in Eastern Thailand are a better representation of the true Thai person than a Thai person in Bangkok. Right, because it's Western influence and... Yeah. And so I wow. think here, the reason, like the difference is because of just the outside influence on the country. And that changes the way people uh, reflect their culture. Very interesting. Yeah. I like that. I mean, the, the, the celebration and the goofiness is interesting, but I think especially the, the uh, multi-day thing. It's like, how can you have a wake and then a funeral and right. it's like, boom, it's done? Like, boom, that is done. not how yeah. death works. Yeah. I mean, death itself is a process. Usually, most of the time, like uh-huh. nat- any yeah, any natural death is a process. Save an accident, accident. So you go through that, and so how are you just gonna 
finally it's over and then you have a funeral and you move on. At least it's symbolic of yeah. the process, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that actually, having, having it be multiple days. And then you could have, you could just kind of keep your house open. Multiple people can come to your house. Maybe right. somebody couldn't get to town right away and then they missed the funeral and that sucks. And they're like, oh, you missed the funeral. That's it. No more chance to give your uh, condolences. And it sounds like that might be a cultural thing too. I don't know a lot about Thai culture, but I'm assuming it's more of a collectivist culture than an individualist culture. Yeah, it's insanely uh, group oriented. Yeah, so like, because I think the way we handle death is very um, indicative of our individualistic culture because someone dies and you, you go pay your respects and you go mm-hmm. back to doing your own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting, John Theo. Yeah, the, the group culture and Thai culture is, is really different. And it's really interesting. But I've said this, I think I've said this on the podcast before. When you get that, even though there's so many differences between Eastern culture and Western culture, when you look at the individual and you go deep down and you go deep down to what that Mm. person really wants and you go down to the desires that just make that person tick, I've come to the conclusion that everybody's the same. Everybody on earth is the same. But we yeah. reflect that oneness. We reflect that sameness differently. Um, and so everybody wants family. Everybody wants to have responsibilities. Everybody wants to enjoy themselves. But we, those are three big things. Like you just rattled those off, but huge yeah. like realms of our existence. Yeah, and those are really kind of it. Like I, that wasn't just that was premeditated. Like those things are those are the things that I've concluded in my own observations of the three things that I've observed that everybody wants. Um, And those are the things that make people tick is family, having responsibilities, and having fun. Those are... So what if you put it this way, because I've heard also said in this way, belonging, um, purpose, and enjoyment. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> that's exactly it. Because those are things that I've, I've reflected a lot about yeah. purpose recently. Like work and like, because I, I mean, we had three snow days this week. One uh-huh. real snow day and two cold days. And they're great. Um, and sometimes going to work is a drag. Mm-hmm. But like when you don't have purpose. You know it what I mean? It sucks. It's, I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> you of all people could know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst and it's bad for the soul it's not good yeah. for people like a, 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 a fulfilling life is not one that's easy yeah people, for sure I think because the people who have easy lives are the people who live in trailer parks dude like everybody can do that like everybody's like the thing that people don't get and what bothers me is when people are like, oh, we don't need all these things. We don't, we don't need to work this much. Like, stop working so much. You shouldn't do that. Why do we need to work 40-hour weeks when a 40-hour week is nothing? Uh, and people are always like, we shouldn't do that. Like, we should be more laid back. And it's like, you can go do those things. You can work less. And, but... You, if you did that, I, it's not going to be good for you. You're not going to be happy. It's not going to give you what you're looking for. It's right. not, uh, and the peop- there are people who do do that. Like you can go work less, and people are like, oh, we don't want to. Ha- we shouldn't have be so focused on material possessions. Blah blah blah. So don't. So go. So work less and go live in a trailer park. You can very well do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you want that, go do it. Like, if you want to work less and not worry about having material possessions, then do it. Because a lot of people do it. And they live just fine. But I, don't, I think those people who don't work want to work. And right. they want to wake up in the morning and have a busy schedule. 
And so it bothers me when people say things like that, when people say, oh, we should be less focused on material possessions. Why do we work so much? We should be less focused on money. Okay, so go be less focused on money and live in a crappy apartment and don't worry about your possessions or and live in a trailer park and work 20 hours a week. You can do that. So I think you could even have, I would say, in the, the best of both worlds, because I do think we could be less materialistic, but it doesn't mean that you have to, I mean, like, you can give your money away. Yeah, give it you away. You work those 40 hours uh-huh. a week, because I agree, like, you, you find purpose in that, and you find meaning in that, and, if, and usually you can't, a job that only requires you to work 10, 20 hours a week, whatever, is going to be a job that's not going to be, first of all, you're literally not investing as much into it, so you're not going to get as much uh-huh. meaning and purpose out yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But like, and it's not going to be, I mean, it's going to be a cashier at a, at a gas station. Uh-huh. You're not going to find meaning in that. No. I mean, you might, I mean, in a, in a limited sense, but like, you have to find something that you're willing to work for, like you said, the 40 hours a week. Be invested in. Yeah. That's one of the things that's been tough for me is that I don't think I'm going to teach next year. I think I'm going to go back to school uh-huh. to, to do ministry stuff. But so like I do my 40 hours a week and I invest a certain amount, but it's hard because like I, I know that if I were doing this longer, I would be investing so much more. Mm, okay. You know yeah. Yeah. So like I'm missing out on so much uh-huh. of the meat because yeah. um I know I'm just gonna leave it in a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. So yeah, I'm sure that you feel the same way. I mean, you're kind of seeing the end of the end of the journey here in Thailand, and you're like, Do I really want to put all this effort into more lessons. Uh, no, not I. I feel you on that. As in, I understand what you are saying. But I don't. I am oh, not okay. experiencing that now because teaching's my my thing. Like I'm gonna be yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. for a long time, and so like me leaving Thailand is not leaving teaching. Uh, right. I'm totally still completely invested in it and trying to get as much out of it as I can and trying to learn as much as I can because I know I'm gonna be doing it for the next twenty years. Yeah. Well, then you're um, gonna die or what? Uh. How old will I be in 20 years? I'll be 43. I don't know why I said 20, dude. I have absolutely <laughs> I guess I have no idea how long people work for. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, frick, what was I going to say? See, but right now, I'm living a life that is very not materialistic. I have very little possessions here. And I've learned that I like having things. I like, I like my things. And I miss them. And I wish I had more things here. So I live, I have basically nothing. Uh, and I don't like it. I wish I had more just material things. Like uh, what? Like, I wish I had my kayak. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a TV. Mm-hmm. I wish I had um, my car. I wish I had a car. I wish I had my kayak. Yeah. I wish I could go surfing. I wish mm-hmm. I had more clothes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go buy more clothes. I wish I was making enough money to buy more clothes. Yeah. And those are some pretty materialistic things, but I want I want them. I wish I had them. Hmm. And so that's why I don't think having things is wrong. I think uh when you're those things take over your life and they overwhelm you, that's when it gets bad. But I, I wish I had more things. I don't know. I wish I had more things. Yeah. And, uh, but I think when you go too far with that, that's when it gets bad, when you're overwhelmed by all the things that you have or you have too yeah. much stuff. Uh, but 
I'd rather have <laughs> I'd rather have the appropriate amount of things than too little. Yeah. You know, because right now I don't have too little as in I'm in need because I'm not in need of anything. I have all of the things that I need now. I have all the things that I need. But I wish I I I want some more things. And I'm totally okay with that. Interesting. Yeah. Dude, you know who you look like? Um, Channing Tatum. Every dude who wears flip-flops with jeans. <laughs> I wear mandals with jeans. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think we did a good job. I have a question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about life? Favorite thing about life? Uh-huh. Why do you like being alive? To share it with other people. Word. Just to, like, have experiences with other people. Um, the first thing that came to my head was people. The first word that popped into my head. Nice. And I think it's because, yeah, you get to do do stuff with, share your experience with other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of a lame answer. No, it's not. And I why do you like to be it. alive? Because I like figuring it out. Mm. I like I like figuring out how to deal with life. I like figuring it out how I like to live best and exploring new avenues of experience and figuring out which one is best for me and being in different situations. I like being in the unknown and discovering it and making it known and finding all of these new things uh, and putting myself in situations that are unfamiliar and uh, learning how to deal with them. Yeah. I'm a very curious individual. Yeah, that I like that. Thanks. I got a bit of that in myself as well. Tight. My ego, uh, my ego makes it makes it say I like to be, I like to figure it out and get it right. Your ego says that. To get it, to get it right, to be, to be right about everything. Ah. Uh. And that's one uh, of the things that I've learned since being here, dude, how bad ego is. Yeah, ego is the enemy. Yeah, it really is. And when you put aside your ego, things get so much better. And <laughs> yes. even, like when you're with people and you put aside your ego, oh, my gosh, you're able to hang out with them in such a better way, in such a cleaner and more pure way. and Again, if the attention isn't on you or if nobody's talking to you and you're in a group of people, you don't care because your ego's not in the way and you realize that the mm-hmm. other people in the group are just as important as you and their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions are just as valuable as you are because they're just a, they're a human just like you. They have, your, they have their own thoughts. They have their own emotions. They have their own dreams, their own desires. They're their totally own person who's just as important as you. Mm-hmm. And we have no priority, no superiority over anybody. And it's really like when you walk into a room and you realize the person who you're looking at is just as important as you are, and you put your ego aside and you put self aside, and you realize that we're all the same, things get so much better. It's so mm-hmm. much easier and it's so much better to to put this that selfishness away and you put the the taking away and you stop trying to take from people and you just take people for who they are and you look at them for who they are in that moment and you see them for who they are. And it's so much better. And that's those those are the things that I that I love about people uh 
and like what you said, how that's your favorite thing about life is sharing things with other people instead yeah. of uh, in a pure way. Yeah, instead of trying to take something from them. Oh yeah, because it's very natural for us to get into that, and I have to put my ego aside and I have to put my ego in check constantly. Uh, but I'm glad that I've become aware of the 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 faults of an ego, of an overactive ego, and so now I take conscious steps towards putting that aside in yeah. in tiny moments and on a on a daily basis. Amen. Amen, dude. Hey, man. That's it. We're gonna stop talking. Yeah. Oh, dude. You know who you look like? Come on, bring it on. Like a youth pastor. I think that's what I've been trying to look like for a long time. <laughs> uh, dude, thanks for coming. On. I had a blast. I know we talked this is about great. Sense for a lot. Uh, but I, yeah, I hope time. people made it to the end. I hope people did some better too. Stuff. I'm gonna tell people. <laughs> I'm gonna literally. I think in the introduction, I'm gonna say, start listening at hour one. <laughs> then, if you really liked it, go back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. If you like hour two, go back and listen to hour one. But start at hour one. That's what I'm going to tell people. That's, I'm, I'm going to say that in the introduction. Start listening at the hour mark. Because I just woke up, and you were probably waiting for me for too long about to go to sleep. All day, dude. All day, man. <laughs> I, was, I was watching Ted Bundy in <laughs> at when you finally hit me back up. And I was like, got to do what you got to do, man. It's 2 a.m. for me right now. And I'm up because this podcast is important to me and you're important to me. Well, I love you, John. And so, Austin, I stayed up two o'clock in the morning to record this podcast uh, with you, man, because you're a good dude. And I would have I I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to do it for you. You're, I, I appreciate that. I, I love you, too. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. I would not. I mean, I had the opportunity to just stay up and do the podcast with you. It was three in the morning for me, but I didn't do that. So I love you. You'll stay up for late for doing the podcast. I love you too, Austin. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bang oh. There's the podcast. Much love, everybody. Thank you for listening. Until next time.